Morning, everyone. Well, I recall during my days in the Army, twice a year they had what was called the APFT. They, they called it the Army Physical Fitness Test. And the biggest challenge for me was a two-mile run. And people that haven't done much running say, oh, that's easy, two miles, no big deal. <laughs> uh, think again, it's a little harder than you think. But I remember having to train. I remember a couple of months ahead of time. Of course, when you want to train for two miles, you try to work out and train for three or four, so the two miles doesn't seem quite so bad. I remember some of the training, some of the muscles uh, would tighten up here and there and drink plenty of water and all that. That becomes a reality. Make sure you're hydrated so that you can make the two miles in the time the Army said you had to. You didn't do it, uh, then you were put on notice, and if you didn't improve and make it by a certain time, you were gone. They, they worked with you a little bit, but not too long. And I remember running beside some soldiers who hadn't trained, and they would be running that first mile, and they'd start to do that walking. And I remember an opportunity I had to try to encourage them, keep running, keep moving those legs. Once you start walking, everything stiffens up, and then you try to walk and you can't. And you all know what Charlie horses are, right? And you can get those when you're not training or haven't trained to do something like running the two mile. And I was led to a certain scripture this week, and it kind of ties in with Pastor Joe's about not losing heart. And one thing you could do when you're doing that running, because you're out there running too, is encourage people, keep moving the feet, keep going, don't quit, don't lose heart, don't give up. Endurance is what it takes, whether it's that APFT or a Christian walk. It's a challenge for all of us. When trials come, it's easy to lose heart and want to quit and sit on the sideline. Yet when life gets intense, we have a choice to keep going or to sit on the sidelines. To believe God like Daniel, like Job and Nehemiah, or try to run from God like Jonah. Another example of someone who didn't lose heart was Paul. 2 Timothy 4, 7 and 8 records, Paul says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to those who have loved his appearing. John MacArthur shares, Paul endured to the end of the race. He never went AWOL in the midst of the battle. He remained faithful to his dying breath. All Christians learn from Paul's example how to endure the loneliness, disappointment, pain, and persecution they face. Paul's testimony is shared in Romans 8, beginning at verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. 
We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, or things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I pray that's a good reminder for us this morning. Ministries like SOS face constant opposition getting into parts of Africa and other parts of the world, but those who serve choose to trust God and endure. As believers, God doesn't want us to lose heart, but to endure when the going gets tough. So please join me in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 this morning, and we're going to look at verses 16 to 18 as we uncover three ways to avoid losing heart in life. 2 Corinthians 4 verses 16 to 18. Let's first bow in a word of prayer before we look at these three ways to avoid losing heart. Father God, thank you this morning for the freedom we have to gather together. And Lord, we need to encourage and exhort each other. And your word is an encouragement. And I pray this morning that we would look at this passage, Lord, and be reminded that you don't want us to lose heart. You don't want us to quit, to sit on the sideline of life. And as Pastor Joe has shared in his message this morning, we need to stand firm. And we can only stand firm with you. We can't do it on our own. Help us to put our total trust in you. And I pray, Father, that you would uh, just remind us of that this morning as we look at these three verses to encourage. In Jesus' name, amen. One thing about the book of Ecclesiastes is that we're reminded, as Solomon recorded that, that we're in a process of decay. And I won't read these verses, but Ecclesiastes 12, 1 to 7, talk about as we get older, believe it or not, and I believe it, things start to fall apart. (laughs) Right? Amen? Anybody else know that? Physically, there are signs of this decay, and I found this list, 51 of them. I'm sure there's more. I'm not going to read them all, but here's just a few things that start to tell us we're falling apart physically. Everything hurts, and what doesn't hurt doesn't work. That's true. You finally reach the top of the ladder and find it's leaning against the wrong wall. You sit in a rocking chair and can't get it going. Your knees buckle and your belt won't. Your back goes out more than you do. You sink your teeth into a stake and they stay there. You buy a compass for the dash of your car. You know where you're going. And here's one that catches me. You constantly talk about the price of gasoline. People call at 9 p.m. and ask, did I wake you? (laughs) Your ears are hairier than your head. (laughs) And here's a good one. 
When you bend over, you look for something else to do while you're down there. (laughs) I think we'd all agree that our bodies are decaying. And as we'll see in this passage, we would have to say an amen to that. So we're looking here at 2 Corinthians 4, 16 to 18, and we will read this passage. Therefore, we do not lose heart. But though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. For momentarily, light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So the first way to avoid losing heart is to value the spiritual over the physical strength. Value the spiritual over physical strength. And we all agree as... We looked through that list, and I didn't read all 51. But we know our bodies are decaying. They're falling apart. Paul had marks that took its toll on him. And here are some of them. Galatians 6.17 From now on, let no one trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. Acts 16.22 Then the multitude rose up together against them and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. Acts 14:19 Then Jews from Antioch and Iconium came here and having persuaded the multitudes they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city supposing him to be dead. And 2 Corinthians 1 verse 8 For we do not want you to be ignorant brethren of our trouble which came to us in Asia that we were burdened beyond measure above strength so that we despaired even of life. Yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. As is emphasized so often in the teaching here at Lakeside, we need to trust God, trust Jesus totally. Everything else can be crumbling, even our bodies. But we need to focus on Jesus who is at the finish line of our lives. So that we can hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Physically, there's no fountain of youth, no Botox cure, no cream that makes you look younger and you're going to stay younger because our days are numbered and only God knows when that day for us here on this earth will end. But we're to be doing what in the meantime before that day comes? Any ideas? What are we to be doing? Pardon? Share the gospel. gospel. Pardon? Worshiping. Worshiping. Praise and prayer. Do we ever get opportunities to encourage, exhort? Sometimes it's admonishing, but that we care about each other as brothers and sisters because we'll get no pats on the back from the world, will we? 
And we don't need pats on the back. We need sometimes someone to say, stand firm and I encourage you with what? I encourage you with the Word. Make it a part of our daily lives. Memorize it. Use it. Getting back in Awana, seeing the children memorizing God's Word, that's not just for them to memorize. That's for something to take with them the rest of their life. So they can use it when trials come, when they feel burdened. Physically, we, rather than value that, and we hear the commercials all the time, don't we? Some of them we know by heart. Just do this and everything will be fine. Or do this and all your problems are solved. But we need to value the spiritual, the inner man, which is to be renewed when? How often? Day by day. day. Sometimes we think so far ahead. What's in our future? Heaven is in our future. But in the meantime, it's day by day. How about minute by minute? You ever need that? Jesus walks with us. He's in us. He's leading us. He's saved us. He keeps us. Paul concludes a little later in 2 Corinthians 12.10, Therefore, he says, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecution, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am what? Weak, then I am strong. Why? Because God is with us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. Trials build inner strength and drives us to our knees where we belong anyway. Amen? One commentator shares, Life's trials and troubles and difficulties serve only to build inner strength because they drive believers to humbly, prayerfully, Hopefully, depend on God. Paul records for us in 2 Timothy 4.17, But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, so that the message might be preached fully through me, and that all the Gentiles might hear, and I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. Our promise as believers is that someday we'll receive new, never-to-wear-out bodies. No COVID, no arthritis, no diseases. 1 Corinthians 15.42 reminds us, So also is the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there's a spiritual body. Praise the Lord for that promise. No more hard to get up in the morning. We'll be up praising the Lord. Great preacher and commentator Warren Worsby shares, As Christians we must live a day at a time. No person can live two days at a time. Think about that. We can't live two at a time. One day. Jamie, an inmate at Lowell Correctional in Ocala, wrote this, and she shares, Inside I am free. As I sit in this empty cell thinking about tomorrow, no longer do I feel the pain of yesterday's hurts and sorrows. Selfish and ungrateful was 
the life I chose to live, looking for a handout, never wanting to give. Inside was my anger and the pain I put others through. The damage that was caused, I never even knew. Until that day I broke, I lost everything in life. I was once a devoted mother and a dedicated wife. How I let it happen, I don't think I'll ever know. But now that I've found Jesus, all I want to do is grow. To love the way he does is a gift he's given to me. I'm sitting in this cell alone, yet inside I'm truly free. No one can hurt me. I have my Savior's loving grace. When I close my eyes at night, no longer am I in this place. It's truly outstanding, you see, the love that one can feel. I promise if you search for him, Jesus is real. So the first way, don't concentrate on the physical. We need to be focusing on the spiritual. And that's our daily walk with the Lord, growing. And what are we growing in? We're growing in trusting Christ in half of the things going on. Three-quarter? Eighty percent? What is it? All things. And along the way, we can keep encouraging each other because we all have struggles. Nobody doesn't. Second way to avoid losing heart is shared in verse 17. For momentarily, light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. The second way to avoid losing heart, value the future over the present. Value the future over the present. When and times will come, when we are persecuted like Paul, we need to view our time on earth through heavenly eyes. Paul, who was almost constantly persecuted, viewed trials as momentary and light compared to our total salvation and deliverance that we will have for eternity. Life is short when you compare it to eternity. What's 80 years compared to forever? The Bible is full of reminders. James 4.14 For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then it vanishes away. 1 Peter 1.3 Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Trials and troubles we endure for the name of Jesus, but they will result in eternal rewards. Most of all of our salvation, of our eternal bodies that we'll have to glorify our great God. There's songs written, there's reminders. What will we do when we're in heaven? Will we know what to say? Will we just be bowing before the Lord, praising Him? How will that be? When we won't have sin around anymore, we'll be in the presence of God. And I think we will be just shouting, holy, holy, holy. God, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. How you've walked with me every second of every day on this earth. We only have one opportunity. I remember sharing that several times with the inmates at Pinellas County Jail. We have one opportunity to walk on this earth 
and that's it. We are not going to come back as a frog or come back as a bird. We have that one opportunity because we have a soul that's going to live forever. It's going to be with the Lord or it's going to be apart from the Lord. And so every day counts in our lives on this earth. I was also reminded too that we don't know about tomorrow on this earth. None of us do. But when we wake up in the morning, who woke us up? That alarm clock? No. Once you get kind of used to waking up at a certain time, even if it's hard to get up at a certain time, I know I almost wake up sometimes five minutes before. You ever do that? Say, well, it's kind of automatic. I guess it starts getting built in. God wakes us up in the morning. He says, I have a reason you're still here on this earth. Maybe it's to encourage somebody. Maybe it's to to help somebody. And God says, help them. When God nudges us, what do we do? Say, God, I'll, I'll pray about it a couple of weeks. That person may need that help immediately. And if God says do it and we're able to do it, what should we do? Do it. The world says put it off. God says do it now because you don't know about tomorrow on this earth. But we do know someday we're going to be where? Maybe at the rapture. Maybe the rapture hasn't taken place. Uh, We'll step through death's door, but Jesus is right there. And he says, welcome, welcome. And someone was kind of talking about this morning about kind of visualizing and thinking about, you know, walking into heaven and Jesus gives you a hug. Do we ever need hugs? Even though with the COVID, we're allowed to do that? We need those, don't we? We need to know Jesus has his arms around us. He's got us in his mighty right hand. Nobody can take us out of that. Sovereign grace reminds us in the words to his song, when we see your face. And I, I hear those words and when we're singing and we're, we have that opportunity to sing together, it's always great to think about the words. And here's what it says. When we see your face, though the dark is overwhelming and the brightest lights grow dim, though the word of God is trampled on by foolish men, though the wicked never stumble and abound in every place, we will all be humbled when we see your face. And the demons we've been fighting, those without and those within, will be underneath our feet to never rise again. And our sins will be behind us through the blood of Christ erased and we'll taste your kindness when we see your face. We will see, we will know like we've never known before. We'll be found, we'll be home, we'll be yours forevermore. I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to that. Seeing Jesus' face. Talks about in this verse about the weight of glory. No matter how much we suffer during our life on this earth, it pales in light of eternity that we will spend with God, whether it's through the rapture or we physically die and are raised. When that trumpet sounds, I'm listening for the trumpet. 
Amen? It could happen today. It could happen tomorrow. The time Paul wrote the, these encouraging words, these words weren't easy. Paul didn't have easy circumstances going around, did he? He was in prison, he was beaten, he was stoned, he was left for dead. Can you imagine what shape he was in? Where they thought he was dead. And yet through it, he trusted in God. He, he looked toward eternity, not the present. We need to remember the most important thing for that person who might be persecuting us in whatever way, their soul is at stake. Either they'll be with the Lord forever or they'll be without. I can't imagine. No Holy Spirit, no presence of God at all in the world. Can you imagine what's, what that would be like? To be in a place totally separated from God forever. The third way to avoid losing heart is shared in verse 18. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. The third way to avoid losing heart, value the eternal over the temporary. Everything on this earth is temporary, isn't it? All the houses that are there, all the new condos being built, the cars that are being driven, all that. It's temporary. But God's faithfulness, God's love for us stays strong every day. Here's a reminder from Daryl. He's an inmate in Texas serving a life sentence. And here he wrote this from his cell. It's entitled, Stay Faithful. If you find life too much and you're on the run, slow down. And stay faithful. The best is yet to come. No matter how deep, how wide, or how high, God's loving mercy and grace will get us by. We're not of this world, for it is not our home. Though fearful at times, we never face it alone. God is always at our side, only a prayer away. He gives us comfort as He shows us the way. This way of life brings bliss and we can be content. He's our light when our path seems dark and our way unlit. The Lord is our shepherd and we are his sheep. His love is real. His promises he keeps. He promised his return is truly near at hand. Our home forevermore in God's love will be grand. Guy serving a life sentence. Be faithful. As God is faithful to us. John Wolverd, teacher and commentator, shares this eternal perspective and hope in things to come sustain Paul in the midst of temporary sufferings that marked his ministry. What is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Warren Worsby states, We must not make the mistake of trying to store up grace for future emergencies because God gives us the grace that we need when we need it. Ever try to store it up? Say, Lord, I put some in my back pocket here. My needs? No. 
God gives it when we need it. Why? Because God has a plan for every one of us. And he's always there with us. Hebrews 4.16 reminds us, says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Are there limits to coming boldly to the throne of grace? Are there any limits? God say, oh, John, that's one too many. You're over the limit today. You've got to wait till tomorrow. We boldly come because of Jesus Christ, what he did on the cross for us. Through him, we can come before the throne of grace. Persecution, sufferings for Christ will result in eternal rewards. And the greatest reward through Jesus Christ is that we will have an eternal home where? With God. Today may be full of trials and troubles, but value higher the future glory that we will be changed and that we'll be forever with the Lord. It's a reminder in Colossians 3.2, set your minds on things where? Above, not on things on the earth. Can we get distracted? My goodness, Pastor Joe was sharing about 10 minutes of things that can distract us. Every time I see the news, it, it seems like it's the COVID or something worldwide going on with the famine or I heard uh, as was shared, you know, now when, when a birth, they're talking about when there's a birth, you can't say whether it's a boy or a girl. You leave that blank. Is that what God's Word says? Brothers and sisters, we're under persecution and it's going to get worse. But you know what? That should make us more hunger and yearn to be with the Lord in heaven where we'll spend eternity. This world is not our home, is it? If it is, that's not right. We need to be looking toward heaven where we'll be with the Lord. Inmates at Pinellas County Jail daily tried to practice of setting their minds on things above because, you know, they had delays in trials. They had witnesses that disappeared. They had new charges brought up. And so they had a shift constantly. And except for the grace of God, any of us could have been in that jail. So we need to be looking in the right direction. It says, while we look. It talks about while we look. Things which are not seen. Things that are temporary, don't focus on that, but things that are eternal. Paul burned in his heart for Jesus Christ, for the unsaved, to turn to Christ. Talks about that in Romans chapter 9. Look back a few chapters, a few pages back. Here's what he shares, Romans 9, beginning of verse 1. I am telling the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience testifies with me in the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and unceasing grief in my heart for I could wish that I myself were accursed, separated from Christ for the sake of my brothers, my kinsmen, according to the flesh, who are Israelites, to whom belongs the adoption as sons and the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law and the temple service and the promises. He was burning in his heart for his brothers that they come to know Jesus as their personal Savior. That should be in our hearts as well. 
Paul didn't lose heart in the midst of trials. And he gives us a word of encouragement in 2 Corinthians 4, 8. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Why? Because our focus is the Lord, is Jesus. He's walking with us. Is it easy not to lose heart? In a world that cries out, quit and give up? Absolutely not. What did Job's wife say to Job when everything broke loose? Give up and die. Wow, that's not much encouragement, is it? Nehemiah, when he was leading the rebuilding of the walls around Jerusalem, he was mocked and ridiculed so much that at one point he raised his hands and said, Help! Who was he looking to? The Lord. Testimonies from people like Corey Ten Boom, Fanny Crosby, Johnny Erickson Tata cry out, Don't lose heart, don't quit, keep going. The Lord's got you. You're in his mighty right hand, nobody can snatch you out. He's right there. If we focus on the spiritual over the physical, the future over the present, and the eternal over the temporary, we won't lose heart because our eyes are focused where they need to be. Then the question becomes, what are we focusing on right now? Let's close in prayer. Father God, I thank You so much for Your Word that it's an errant that You move men to write it and record it. It's infallible. Lord, we can depend on it. And it's a truth. We see so much of the world around us perverting it. And we see once uh, Bible teaching churches compromising, Lord, help us not to. And as we stand firm, Lord, help us not to lose heart, not to quit. Everything on this earth is temporary. But the eternal souls of men is forever. And may we concentrate, Lord, on what You want us to, that our lives, our walk, would bring honor and glory to You. That someday as we're in Your presence, Lord, we just praise You for saving us. We didn't deserve it. You gave us the faith. You chose us, Lord. You keep us. Keep us in coming days, Lord. This coming week, help everyone here to stand strong, to stand firm, to endure. Not because we're great, but because You are great. Father God, just thank You again for this freedom we still enjoy in America to meet together and continue, Father, to encourage us through Your Word. Thank You so much. In Jesus' name, Amen.